Today on the Foscast, we have got Premier League and Burnley striker Jay Rodriguez. And he gave us an amazing insight to the level of detail that Vinny Company gives them at Burnley. He also told us about a scary leg injury he sustained early on in his career that could have led to a leg amputation. The amazing man management skills of Mauricio Pochettino. And also, Burnley co-owner JJ Watt putting the lads to shame in the Burnley gym. It's the Foscast. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome to the podcast, mate. Um, before we get started, I've got to say, you are um, you're, you're, you're kind of our ideal guest, isn't he, Tom? Yes. He's our ideal guest. So we've had a few a few people on the podcast that say, oh, my mate's been on the podcast, my mate's been on the podcast. And I'm like, yeah, that's because kind of we go for a certain type of footballer. We call them the good guys. Okay. You're one of the good guys, all right? You're an ex-teammate of mine. Um, and I will always and have always spoken glowingly of you. Because not only are you double handsome, you're just like a double <laughs> lovely person as well. So welcome to the Fozcast. Uh, we've got to start with Burnley at this current moment in time. Um, it's been a difficult season. I don't think any anybody can deny that um just just from your perspective how's it been going yeah like you said it's been difficult it's been I'd say you know like a shock to the system in terms of the success we had last year um but I think we've learned as a group uh, we're a young group um and we're still learning but like you said the Premier League don't wait for anyone and I think the difference is that you get punished but um as a whole like, I think as the group's learning and developing I think that's the the main aim for the club is that is that the the big difference? Is it is that you get punished from being in the championship where you're putting teams to bed early doors? You're absolutely battering them. Is the Premier League just is it just that step up where it's so so ruthless? Yeah, I think you can see obviously the domination we had last year with the with the whole league of championship, and then come come to the Premier League, it's you you make a slight mistake and it's in the back of your net in three passes, and um, sometimes you sit there and you play really well. But coming for the game three 0 down, you think, how has that happened? Yeah. But that's that's why we love it. That's why everyone loves the Premier League because it's got the best players, the fittest, strongest, and best at tactics. And it's it's uh, I think it's the best 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 league in the world. So from your perspective, then as a striker, um, what are the differences between playing in that championship, scoring goals, knowing you're going to score goals, and then you make step up to the Premier League? Obviously, you've got to back yourself. If you look at your Premier League career, 250 appearances, 47 Premier League goals. You're 46. nearly. 46, sorry. sorry. I'm just, he's just, I've nicked one off here. <laughs> 46, <laughs> sorry. You're nearly at the half-century club. You're nearly in that half-century club. That's some career. So what is the difference? How much harder is it playing in the Premier League? I think for one, obviously, you know, the, the physical attributes of, of players now, especially defenders, you know, they, they're, all, they're all monsters. They're all in the gym. They're all quick, strong, fast. But then I think for me, they're, they're always one step ahead in, in the mind. So you, you try and make a movement and sometimes they're already there or... Um, I think that's the thing. You don't get as many chances that you do in the championship. Well, is that is that genuinely just like a physical ability, or is it kind of fitness, mental? I think it's I think it's mental as well. You know, I think they're very switched on in terms of the, the, the sense of danger quicker. Uh, like I say, if you get one chance in, in the game, you've got to take it because you don't get you don't get three and four. Do you know as a player, like playing for a team, no disrespect to a Burnley, do you know though that you're probably only going to get one or two maximum chances in that game? Hundred percent, yeah. I think that's the thing you, you've got to go on in the mindset, and that's that comes through in the training that you've got to take your chances if it's repetitive shooting. You've got to act as if it's your you know it's your one chance in the game when you're tired of fatigue. You've got to replicate that and. That's the thing. That's why you have the top strikers in the Premier League that that do it season 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 out. Is um, that's why they are so good. So say right, I'm going to give you an example here. Then yeah, so you're playing Liverpool tomorrow. Yeah, you know you're coming up against Virgil Van Dijk and Kuyate. It could be Matip. Yeah, what are you expecting, or how do you think you're going to try and get the better of somebody like a Virgil Van Dijk? You obviously, you obviously, with nowadays with the analysis that we have, we can look at weaknesses. I mean. To find a weakness on Van Dijk, is, <laughs> is, say, is, looking for a while. Is, he was a teammate of yours yeah. before as well, though. So you know, you know a little bit about him. At yeah, least. it's impossible. I mean, like I've, when he first came into the club, he's like, he's a great guy. He's a, he's a this is at Southampton. Yeah. yeah, 
uh, you train against in 11 v 11 and you know the the old school thing you make two runs one for your, one one for the defender one for yourself yeah mate you're doing that and he's giggling but also in the right position <laughs> and then he just picks it up and and keeps the ball it makes you feel makes you feel shit really doesn't it you know what i mean he's he's making the game so easy so you've got to try and find you just got to try and find little ways you know in like i said against someone like van dyke you, you can't really find much but there will be maybe a lack of concentration or Something happens in the game where you find yourself in in a good a good position, then you got to take it. Is that sorry? Quickly, then that that must mean then that he has to be on his A game because for someone like Virgil Van Dijk, he knows that the only way he's going to slip up is if it's a lapse of concentration because he is so good. That's 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 the only thing I could say. You have to you have to go off him is if he just has a lack of uh, lapse of concentration or his teammates does something wrong, he has to cover or you know something. I'd say that's not his fault. But in fairness, like he did like against Arsenal. So Virgil van Dijk, uncharacteristically, last weekend against Arsenal for Liverpool, had a bit of a mare, didn't he? He made he made it like people are saying a couple at least couple of mistakes in the game, and that's not like him, is it? So no. that is probably the only way you're going to profit off somebody like that. Yeah, I hope he does it again. Uh, yeah, when you're playing, yeah. <laughs> would you would you say he's the the best defender you've ever played against? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's. Um, Obviously, I've been lucky enough to play alongside him as well, so you can see. I think his first game he came in to Southampton just came straight in. Uh, we played against West Brom, actually. It was a big money move from Celtic at the yeah. time as well, weren't it? Yeah, it was, and, yeah. And he dictated the game. And he'd, he'd only trained like half the week, I think, and he dictated the game. And I'm thinking, this this guy's unbelievable already. And then, obviously, the more you get to know him, the way he works, the guy he is, uh, the captain he is, I think he's... Um, yeah, he's definitely the best. It's funny, isn't it? Because everyone knows how good he is, right? And then... We all know that stats, you know, football isn't a gay, purely a game of stats. But when we did the top 10 uh, best Premier League defenders of all time, we did kind of like some forensic analysis on the stats. And actually, when you put his stats out there on paper, you go, oh, wow, he wow. is standout. Like, I think it was an aerial jewels one, I oh, think, versus like Lot. He was so high compared to all of his peers, it was... It was frightening. I got it? absolutely battered, yeah, for saying that I think Virgil van Dijk, in the peak of his powers, you know, remember like two, three years ago, Virgil van Dijk? Yeah. yeah. When he was right, when head and shoulders above everybody else, right? Yeah. I said, in his pomp, at the peak of his powers, he is probably the best defender that's ever lived. And I got absolutely battered on the internet you, for that. He did get clipped up a fair amount. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think... Do you, you can understand it, surely. You can understand it, obviously. Then people go back to all the greats. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So I think it's always difficult to compare yeah. the greats and, and to this day and age, this this modern game. And you know you can never really compare. But I, I'd agree with you. I think you look at his game, not just obviously defending quality, but he, he can control a game just... By the way, he passes the ball. He can yeah. hurt you from from the defense. This is this is um, it's like his body shape as well. It's the way that yes. he sort of like composes himself, the way he stands and looks. I think I think his body language gets in other people's head, doesn't it? it you look at it, you just think you're unflappable. You're in control and of when, every single thing when, you're doing. And when the ball's kind of like played in behind us, when he's he's one on one, like people say, like jockeying, he he doesn't jockey. He stalks. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he like yeah, he stalks. Yeah. Waiting. Yeah. All right, yeah. go on. And keep he's going, like because he's best. what six four. Yeah. And he's so like mobile, yeah, isn't he? Like agile on his toes. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, so it's say, so say you're playing a Premier League game tomorrow. What sort of defender do you not want to be coming up against? Who is the kind of guy that you're? Or what? What sort of a defender? Do you know what I mean? The, is it a rapid one? Is it a physical? Yeah. Virgil Van Dijk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, but I'd, I'd always say as well. Um, I think someone like Kyle Walker. You yeah. Know, oh, when yeah. I played at Southampton, on, I was more like a left side and I come up, come up against him, and it's it's so difficult. You do can't, you just know you're not going to get anything? You have to, like, so you have to try and find a way. And I think the, the, he's trying to do a one-two, and he's, he's quick enough to, re, you know, recover. <laughs> you try and dribble him, and he just wakes, it wakes you off the pitch. It's, it's, it's awful. Do you think? Do you think there's there's like um, a whole bunch of left-sided players in the Premier League that when they come up against Man City, just like they all look at each other and go, "Oh, for God's oh, sake! Yeah, oh, what, for God's sake!" Yeah, just keep me quiet. Yeah, just keep it on that side. But no, he's like I say, he's, the career he's had and. You know, dedication he's put into the game. You can see how much he works and what a player he is. And yeah, yeah he's, I'd say he's, he's the one that you, you don't look forward to playing against. He's so, phenomenal, isn't he? he? Is, yeah. He's different level. He's still at a different level now. Even I know he was getting linked with a move to Bayern Munich, and the summer I was thinking, no, what are you doing? I think Sheffield United were actually linked to him for a little bit, weren't it? Not yet. Yeah, <laughs> not um, yet. Probably a good good decision to say at City, mate. Right, let's have a little bit of Vinny Company talk then. Um, last season, uh, absolutely stormed it. He playing a new style of football with a Burnley squad that kind of historically under Sean Dykes, especially anyway. Way is kind of everybody saw them as this 
bruising, kind of get the ball forward as quickly direct as you can, team, direct, yeah. get it in the box. And then Vinnie Company's walked in and completely changed it all. How how much have you enjoyed working under him? Yeah, yeah, obviously the, the success of last year in the championship, I think the way we played, the way we, we became champions, I think that is, you know, that was one of the the best feelings in terms of how we dominated games and created chances. Um, yeah, and just I think that, that feeling of, of, of having the disappointment of the year before, to then bounce back is obviously everyone knows it's really difficult but um for us to do it that way it's been great and like i say you learn a lot from the way he wants us to play and um, like you watch football a little bit different now in terms of um you know you build up how you build up from the back how you use the keeper how you don't get locked so you, you watch games now i mean you're watching top games and you're thinking some of the top teams are still as he'd say getting locked what does that mean so it means obviously going one side and then you know when you, you get pressed to the side and yeah. you get shown one way he, he he hates that and he, he wants you to come out and, and use the extra man which sometimes well, more than often now is the keeper yeah. or a midfielder or sometimes a, an inverted fullback there's a lot of different ways of outnumbering and then you don't get locked so then you can dictate how you build the next, next phase it's it's really interesting and like I say it's, it's always good to learn I've always said in football that if you continue to learn then you, then you definitely you're motivated to keep going and I think yeah you learn a lot from it what's that, what's that sorry quickly what's that like in training then when you're working on that so Take you back to the beginning of last season. It's all changed at Burnley. New manager comes in. He wants to play a completely different style of football. How quickly do players get on board with that? Or is it very much a case of he's looking at his squad and saying, right, I don't think they're equipped for what I want to do, so I'm going to bring a load of other players in? Yeah, obviously pre-season was, you know, again, it was a lot of information um, and a new way of playing. I think we had a, you know, a good group of lads that, that really took it on board. And I think we got beat by our last pre-season game was Newcastle and we got, we got battered really. And I think it was a little bit like we were a bit worried. Was that kind of trying the new new style of yeah, play? Yeah, it was the way we've been yeah. working all pre-season. Yeah. Not like as if we were worried, but we're thinking like... What, what if know, this happens in the championship? You're, yeah, you're always like a, a confidence boost, don't <laughs> yeah. you, before you go into the season. So we're thinking... But then obviously we just we just kept with the message and continued. And then, and then you see the games. And even the start of the championship, people forget that... We had a lot of draws and games we should have won, yeah. but that was all part of the learning process. Yeah, it wasn't until kind of, a, 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 say, 10 games in, really, where you really started to find what worked for you, and it was just relentless from that point, wasn't it? That's it, yeah. You know, you have, you know, it was, it was kind of like how we, you know, educate everyone else as well around the, the way we play. You know, we don't, we're not just kicking it long. We, we're doing it, building up for a reason to get to the next. And then once you start seeing the the goals going and the, and the positive things, that's when you're... You, you start seeing things uh, flowing what, what is can you try and describe sorry Tom for, but I'll keep butting over you questions just keep popping in my head though because I, I, for, the, for the listeners at home for the viewers um, can you explain why what the big sort of positives are of building up from the back because I think a lot of people think what are you doing messing about with it at the back there just get it forward like what are the what are the big main reasons if you can do it properly and do it well I think it's that he always says the end goal is is to get a shot on target or score. That that is you're not you're not just playing around the back for no reason. Yeah. So obviously you you've got out you work in numbers and you outnumber how they press. Yeah. So you know you always have one man. So is that to pull them out of position then? Really, to as pull well? them out of position and you outnumber them on the back line maybe, and then that's when you create an overload yeah. on the back post or you create an overload in your attack to then score a goal. And it's always about to score a goal. So that's yeah. that's the main. It's not about passing around the back for for no reason. It's, it's obviously to, yeah, to... I think people see kind of like a, a pass that doesn't really look like it's doing anything, right? But every single pass does something. It genuinely does, doesn't it? It does something. It will drag a player a little bit closer, an opposition player. It might entice him just a little bit, which means that if he gets pulled out of position, the player behind him looks and goes, I need to fill that space mm. a little bit. And yeah. that's the goal of it as well, isn't it? To just slowly try and get people out of where they're supposed to be. Definitely. You see, I think you see Brighton now, the way they play. I spoke to Lallana and it was, it was incredible. You know, we, we played them at their place. We... We got a good point, which I thought was a great point against a great team. But um, you, you, you're coming to press, and you move a slider to the right or left out of position. They play it through the middle, yeah. and it's a little one-two, and then they're in your box, and you're thinking it's that quick that this little pass, it's a little bounce pass that makes you move, and that's that's the aim is to try and get a chink in their armour that you can get through them. So is this then your job then? As a, so you're playing Brighton, for example, yeah? Mm. Is this your job here to be so disciplined with how you press and when you press and understanding the opposition at what they're trying to do? So you say, no, I'm not getting pulled out of position here. I've got to stay here because if they play it through that middle space, 
my teammates are thinking, Jay, any chance? <laughs> Literally, you get hammered if you if you let anything through the middle, especially against them, that they, they play the little intricate passes and you've got to be so diligent in terms of how you press and we obviously we set up traps and stuff and it's you've got to be really strict on that because it's if not you're blown up on the meeting and yeah. it's not personal but you've you got this circle around you and it's <laughs> there's nothing worse I promise you the team meetings Tom where you know you've got it coming so like you'll be watching the the, the like the video like reviewing it and he'll the manager will be doing it in front of the whole team the coaches everything and you know that if you played a role in that first goal going in where you got dragged out of position you're sitting there thinking he's going to say my name he's going to say and Jay what you do? and you're going yeah I know it's horrible you're isn't sinking it? your seat and think oh please get over it <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a, a question I've got. It's probably be unfair to ask you, Jay. Ben, with Vincent Company then being the type of manager um, that we've heard about, is there an argument to say that that way with Burnley doesn't work and maybe the, the, the style needs to be a bit more direct because you hear all these great things, but ultimately they're in the in the red zone? Oh, you want me to take this one? Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, I understand. It's probably a tough one for you to answer, to be fair. I think... Um, from the outside looking in, obviously you're in it and you get to see the quality of the players that are doing it. Because we know job. that Vincent Company's at some point going to go on to a bigger team. You would have thought right? so, You'd yeah. think, no disrespect. You would have thought so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah. But know. right now, for Burnley, is there an argument, Ben, that, that that maybe needs to be a more direct style or change it up a bit it, more? It, it probably does, but I think also there it's a fairly young team, that Burnley squad, isn't it? It's a fairly young team and... To go and do that in the Premier League, like I say, the step up is is massive. It's vast. You could absolutely steamroll the championship, but it doesn't matter because when you make that step up into the Premier League, it is it's ridiculous to step up. It's it's crazy. I'd say that if they have another year or two of doing this, they would be better equipped. So if they went down at the end of the season, which in all honesty, it looks fairly likely. You never know, though. Um, I would say you'd like to think they'd keep the core of players, they'd right. steamroll the championship again, and they'd be much better equipped to do it in the Premier League in a couple of years' time. So I think that is probably the reason why Burnley, in, my, in the way it looks from the outside, is that Burnley want to get away from this, get it up there and bash it football kind of thing. They want to become a football-playing football team, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, I think that's a beauty of football. There's, there's no right or wrong mm. way to play the game. As, you know, it's results-based and... Um, it's not to say that to playing it forward quicker is is the worst way to play. You know, it's, it's every there's so many different ways to win a game. But I, th- I feel like obviously it's a a system that's that the club are going for, and I think it's it's able to bring young players through and, and coach them in terms of playing this way and and, and improving. And, and that's the way I think the model is going. Here's a question for you then: When when a Vincent Company comes into a Burnley football club, like I say, they've been setting their way of playing a certain type of football for all these years. When Vinny Company walks through the door, does the whole football club change from, we're talking academy, we're talking 23s, reserves. Does everybody then say, right, no, this is the style of football that we're playing and we're going to do it from under 10s all the way up that's to the what, senior That's team. what happened really with that blueprint DNA with England yeah. all those years ago. And, and I think this, like with Brighton now, we were talking about it on the car on the way up, almost about that succession planning that when Deserby goes, yeah. the next one will come in and they'll fit the mould of, this is how we play as a club. The, the so, same with players. So that's yeah, what I mean. Yeah, when same. he walks in then, does he go to all the age groups? This is how we play. So that if a first team player does get injured, we don't necessarily need to go and buy somebody for 10 million quid. We've got somebody that might not be as experienced, but he knows the role at least. Yeah, I think that's what's happened. I think, you know, they go through the whole the whole club in it. It's got to be a right way. You can't have, a, you know, the young young lads um, playing a certain way and then come to the first team. It's totally different. It's yeah. got to be a, some sort of pattern that when like you said that a young lad does step up or like injuries or a young lad's doing really well that he can just step in and take the role of, of, of playing for the first thing so I think that's a really healthy way to be in terms of a club because obviously then then again you look at the financial side of it then you're bringing players through that are going to do well in the mm. first team that possibly you could sell for a profit and that's that's another yeah, way of, it's of economics yeah. as well so you want it? to talk about um teammate of yours obviously with the style of play a lot of um I guess a lot of pressure for a young man, uh, someone you're a big fan of, um, James Trafford. Oh, James Trafford, good goal, yeah, right? yeah, great goal, yeah, good lad as well, um, a farmer boy he is. Yeah, he's a proper farmer boy, he is, isn't yeah. he? He's like a little, he's like a little tramp, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is, though, isn't he? You're is. saying this because you know he's going to message you. And no, go, I like uh, him though. I love him to bits. He sends me random messages on Instagram sometimes, and he will take the, he takes the piss out of me as well. And I love it. It's because he, he, he calls you old, cheap, isn't yeah, he? Is, 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 um, 
He calls me the old fox. Which, uh, <laughs> which I, I told I pulled him up and I said, Don't call me the old fox. He's like, right, the wise fox. Like, right, that's better. <laughs> he's, a, he's a great lad, to be fair. And, and you know, again, he, he's young and he's learning. And, and you see, like, even the game uh, against Fulham, the saves he pulled off in the second yeah, half were great. The keepers in the game. Enough, and, um, again, he's learning and, and willing to learn. So, you, you know, you put your arm around him, try and help him. And yeah. Um, what were your thoughts on the uh, Luton goal that went in a few weeks ago um, as a striker? Um, is that a foul? So if, obviously, you, you know, you can't touch a keeper, can you? No chance. So mate. for me, I'm like, I didn't even check the the. I was on the bench. I didn't even check the the VAR yeah. or anything. I was like, that's definitely a foul because you can't touch a keeper. Yeah. And you see him look at you see him look, but if it happens on the pitch, I don't know if it's a you know in the middle of the pitch, is it a foul? I'm not sure, but I think for me, it's a clear it's a clear foul. It's a clear it's, foul, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because he's coming out and the guy's stopped him from doing what he needs to do. So you know that if that was you. You're getting pulled up for that. That's a goal getting disallowed. Isn't yeah, it? I, yeah. I think you know, I, if I'm the striker, I'm thinking just keep your head down, hot for this. <laughs> run away. But this is, run yeah, away. this is definitely going to get well, called well, off. I want to ask you what what Vinny Company's like as a manager because after that game, I watched an interview that he did, and he was talking about the the, the actual incident. Um, and the way that he talks is is very calm, very concise. Considering it was a it was a disgrace of a decision, yeah, yeah. and it's robbed you of three points. He very calmly spoke about it. Is that what he's like as a manager? Is that his management style? Yeah, I think he's very rare. He goes, um, you know, shouting and screaming. I think he only does it if he doesn't see lads working hard. I think that's that's a big thing for him is to work hard. I think you can accept uh, mistakes and stuff like that because that's that's natural. Everyone's human. Um, but no, I think if you, if you see there, he's obviously he's looked through everything and he'll 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 put forward a you know a, measured yeah a measured a measured yeah. approach to it. And I think. Um, I think yeah, I think we've been done a little bit with VAR. Uh, well, quite a lot on, on some things, yeah. and I th I, for me, I just think I think you spoke about it before that I think it's better to not have VAR. Really? Do you think? Yeah, yeah. I think I think obviously having, having last year with the championship and it's the whole thing. You score and you, you know you look at the linesman, look at the referee, and then they don't give anything. Oh, you've scored, but now it's like even if you score a, a clear goal, you kind of in the back of your mind thinking something could come up here. Is that is that a factor? So I don't think we've had a prem strike run for. A while. while, have we? So yeah, so if you score a goal that's like legit, you know it's a goal, do you hold back on celebrating? I think the initial, you score the goal, you go mad. Yeah. And then there's always that thing in the back of your head. Very quickly. That Two or three seconds. Is the referee looking, is he, is he doing this? Is he going to go? And you're thinking, oh no, please. And then they, they give the goal and then that's when you're buzzing again. But it's, it is a strange it is a strange one, I think, especially when we're still getting things wrong. Um, so I'd rather... You know, give the benefit of the doubt to the referee. If he's got a decision wrong, it's really it's Human a, error. such a difficult. Can we ever go back though? Can we ever really, realistically, when within in the world of technology that we live in, can we ever go we, back? We had Lucas Fabianski on the podcast the other day, and um, he said the same thing basically. He said he hates it. He said he played in a FA Cup match actually the week before against Bristol City. He said, and it was incredible. He said, even though we lost the game, he said. He said, honestly, he said, it was incredible just to play a game where you know that if the referee doesn't give it, it is what it is and you, you'll accept it. He said, but not only that, he said, we're so used to the stopping and starting of VAR. He said, playing in the Premier League, you're so used to it stopping and starting. It's almost like you get time to breathe and get time to refresh yourself. Yeah. He said, but we played this game and it was just end to end. Relentless, he yeah. said, it was relentless. You're always running. And he said, he said, honestly, I think it had an impact on our team's performance. Yeah, I think it does. It, obviously, it stops start. I mean, I think they won... Bournemouth when I was offside it took took a while to, to come to the decision I think it was five minutes and, you, and lads are talking you think we need to keep warm here because it's, 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 it just slows the game the momentum we had a bit of momentum then slows the momentum whereas I think championship like I say you can I think that's what football is about you you know uh, fans go into the pub afterwards yeah, and say, talk yeah. oh we've been robbed today or you go the referee didn't Still see that to be fair yeah. Yeah. which is the, why yeah. Yeah, but it makes you even angrier. Yeah, when you've exactly. been robbed and somebody has looked at it yeah. and still robbed you. Do, do you. Here's a question for you both. Do you think that fans and players, if we went back to old world, would be um, a little less harsh on referees? Yes, 100%. I totally think they would. Do you think? They would, I think they? you have to be. It's, it's, honestly, you know, referee, refereeing is, is such a difficult job. Yeah. You know, the pace it's at now and, you know, you, you can miss things and even as players you miss things on the pitch and for, for them to, to, to miss, to not see everything... Is, is is fine. I think you know you, you kind of you go, that happens. Mistakes happen as humans. So. I, th I think we, like I said, we're, as players, you'd look at it from a player's perspective and what it means to you and how much it de like detracts from the game for you. But 
football, as everybody knows, it's for the fans. Without the fans, it wouldn't be a thing. And I think we are spoiling the show, the spectacle, mm. the entertainment for the fans. It takes away from it so much. The, the fact that you can't lose yourself in a stadium, you can't lose yourself when you're watching on the telly when your team has it's, scored. It's really true. It's sad, isn't Especially it? Especially like when you get to like the 88th minute or whatever, they put the board up and you see 14 minutes. Oh, and you're like, come on. Oh, like, really? really? Like, it's just soul-destroying, isn't it? Is it? Soul-destroying. And you're back late as well, aren't you? Well, you are, you are kind of, I think you, if we had a tally for all, all the footballers that we've had on, that well, that's the question. Yeah, be yes one. or no? Not one has said yes. Not really? one has said yes. They, they'll have said to a point, maybe for offsides, maybe yeah. maybe for the goal line decisions, which Definitely. is absolutely fine. But everything else, just let the referee do it. Yeah. I agree. I think I think that's the. I think I think that probably most of the lads that you know I've played with say the same thing. Okay. There you go. Right, I've got a um, I've got a date for you, Jay Rodriguez. Um, that I think you might know what I'm talking about. The 15th of November, 2013. Do you know what this is? You should know what this Eng- is. Uh, England. Yes, yeah, your England yeah. debut. 2013. Geez. 2013. And the worst. Oh, no, over there. ten years ago. Yeah, see, he's right, mate. James Trafford knows what he's yeah. talking about. The old wise, fox. The wise, the old wise fox. not the old fox. <laughs> wise fox. Um, so you made your England debut. Um, we're going to talk about the actual game and the debut itself first, but I want to talk about that that whole sort of selection procedure when you knew you were getting called into that first team. How did the call come? Where did it come from? How proud of it were you? Your family, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was obviously just turning up for training, um, walking past the office. You were at Southampton at this yeah, time, yeah. You always walk past the office, manager's office, and then you got a knock on the window through the blinds, and it's have you, you don't. Sometimes you don't want that because you, you're getting hooked. Coming in. here, yeah. So I go in, and then they kind of like. Who tells you, Jay? It were yeah, it were, it were Maurizio and Dion and Nicola Cortez as well, yeah. Yeah. So they they were like pleased to say, well, they kind of brought me in and. Everyone looked a little bit down. Jesus, Miggy, Tony, they're, they're unbelievable people. I love them to bits. And I'm thinking, I've done something wrong here. What's happened? And then they, then they go, hey, you're in England. And I was like, what? And then they was like, I said, like, F off. I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, no way, there's not a chance. They're winding me up. And then they were like, yeah, big hugs and that. And then they were like, right, go, on, go to training. Oh, and that was it. And nice. then obviously you send a few texts, go to training, and you're, you're just on the cloud now. And you're thinking, yeah. what the hell? And then obviously when it happens, it's, it's surreal. Like, people that you've you've looked up to and like you're, you're warming up and I, mean, I, always, I always remember it, it sticks in my head just warming up and throwing you know doing the volley going to get next one and throwing a ball to Lampard and he's giving it back in Gerard. I'm thinking this is not normal <laughs> <laughs> a lad from Burnley's doing this so I think I've won, a, like, I've won a ticket or something it's mad and the other strikers in that team at that time so uh, Wayne Rooney Jermaine Defoe um, yeah, yeah when you get to see them up close and personal what what, what was the standard like that's, that's when you realise that it's, it's a different level to what you've experienced Really? You know, it's the, the training's different level. I mean, Jermaine Defoe's finishing is like the best I've seen. Scary, you know, just just to see it and how he hits it, instant, and, and how hungry he is for goals and just in training. And, you, and you, I learned so much in that week. And then with with Rooney, it was I just think he's just a different level of, of, of player. What was it? What was it about Rooney? It's just the way he hits the ball and the way, but then the way he plays. We've got a small side of game, and he was so like so aggressive to win the game. <laughs> and like I remember, Gary Neville was. You know, like the the referee almost, and he were hammering him because he didn't give him a decision. And I'm thinking this this guy's like the top of his game. Probably could could relax, but he wants more and more. And I, I just really looked up to him. Then you know to see him and learn so much in that week. And uh, did did Roy? Uh, so Roy Hodgson was the manager at the time. Did he um, pull you before the game in the days leading up to the game and tell you that you're going to be starting? Yes, we pulled me and adds Lana in. Um, him and Gary Neville said you're going to be starting tomorrow. And I think Gary Neville said something like, you don't shit yourself, like, have a good oh, sleep. So, you know, like, <laughs> there's, there's so many people in these little comments that yeah. the guys never love it. And to be fair, I did shit myself. I was, sat there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I couldn't believe it. I, was, I remember speaking, obviously, to my wife and my parents and that. And we just, just a surreal moment. We played Chile. So, obviously, they were an unbelievable team and we yeah. got battered. And I remember coming off the pitch, like, really disappointed that I felt miles off it. Yeah. Felt really miles off it. Why? Why? Because they were so good. And it was... You know, you, you always doubt yourself. You always doubt yourself, don't you? You always want to try and improve and you know establish yourself. And I just obviously getting beat two 0 and didn't really. I don't think I got a shot off and stuff. And I'm you know really debating. And you had like I'm miles off it, but um, look, I got called up again, so it was it was nice. What was the most nervous part of that whole kind of? In the lead up to the game, was it the actual game? Was it in the tunnel? Was it the night before? 
I think probably the night when you're playing, it, everything goes in. Yeah. You, you, you just look at it and you're playing just a game of football. I think that's always the case with, with myself. Is I think it's more the night before than obviously singing the national anthem. Yeah. Don't get the words wrong. <laughs> Even though you know the words, it's like, <laughs> don't don't mess up. Were you like quiet or were you about it out? I was, of... I was quiet, but I think obviously as you get older, you'd be belting it yeah, out. Sure, yeah, yeah, singing loud and proud. But it's, um, yeah, things like they're the ones that know. But as soon as the whistle goes, it's like, right, I've got to, I'm, I'm on it then. What is what is the nerves? Where do they come from though? What is the what is the worry? Is it the worry of kind of you know you know you're gonna have the nation's eyes on you? You know you're gonna have all your family's eyes on you. You're gonna have a lot of people watching. Is it the worry of kind of not performing? Basically, is that what automatically takes over your head? That's the one thing. Yeah, it's, it's the, like not embarrass yourself, not perform. Um, I never feel it from my family or friends. They've always they always support you no matter what. They'll tell you if you you've played shit or played well. Yeah. Um, but I think it's. When it's in England, it's it's a totally different. You feel the pressure from the you know the, the press is it's just a massive occasion and um, yeah, it was it was mainly that to not to not do myself justice. That that really. was in fairness, that was a tough time to be an England player, wasn't it? You yeah. know, remember back in that time where Roy Hodgson was manager, it was still it was very different to what it is nowadays with yeah. Gareth Southgate, isn't it? It, it? That was the time when you felt like the media were out to get you. Yeah, it was horrible, wasn't it? Yeah, like I said, some. Like the players that we had there was just incredible. The, the 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 talent, but yeah, it was it was difficult. But like I said, Chile was was unbelievable. And um, the lad who plays was now uh, Lawrence Vigaru. He was on the bench actually. Was he? Yeah, he's, he's a ledge guy. Isn't I, he? Um, the, the goalie that actually played for Chile at that time was Claudio Bravo. Yeah. Um, so I remember the game. I remember it really well actually. Uh, we got beat two 0 Alexi Sanchez scored. I think in the seventh minute, and then in the eighty or ninetieth yeah. minute or something like that. Anyway, um, but their style of play, Chile was. Incredible, very technical, very sort of pass and move, pass and move, very pep esque, really. Yeah. Uh, but Claudio Bravo, I remember, he was popping the ball around from the back. He was cutting out the the press from England. It was phenomenal to watch. So much so that that actual individual performance is what earned him the move to Man City. Yeah, it was. It was, it was incredible, like to go and press him, and then they were just getting out of a tight situation, but then working so hard without yeah. the ball, they were. They were ruthless without the ball. They didn't give you a minute. Aggressive and, as well, yeah, Chileans. They, they kick, yeah, kicked you off the park. <laughs> yeah, you, obviously, you love it now. You love to see it, but not when you're playing. You, you just give me a break. It's like That's a baptism of fire. I'll fire that if I, for you. Yeah. Just say that again. <laughs> <laughs> when you talk about England, getting, <laughs> getting called up with England, um, you even said when you were there in your earlier days, Ben, that it was a bit clicky. So was it nice... Nice to go with a couple of teammates. Obviously, Ricky Lambert and Adam Lalana and yourself all got called up at the same time, right? Yeah, Luke Shaw. Yeah, Luke Shaw as well. Oh, yeah. of course, yeah. yeah. So obviously, we just stuck together. Like, yeah. you walk in, we walked in with his tracksuits on as well, like proper little busy things. Like, <laughs> what were your Southampton tracksuits? Yeah. Oh, you're horrible. I you know, know. We didn't know what to do. I don't. So think. you'd have played the game on a Saturday or Sunday then for Southampton, and then just reported straight to the England yeah, setup from there. Got picked up on Sunday, straight there. Yeah, in your Southampton trackies. Yeah, I think, I think we learned a little bit since. Uh, that Southampton team. Sorry, you just mentioned a few of the names there, though. But do you remember how many of them played? That was some Southampton team, by the way. Mauricio Pochettino, yeah. I want to talk about him in a minute yeah. as well. Um, but that Southampton team, you had some players. It was that era of, of Southampton players that they were just milking Liverpool for money. Every, just, <laughs> every yeah, transfer window. Cool, yeah. Can we have another 50 million quid? There's, there, <laughs> yeah, there's, was, one. there's yeah. another one. Can we have another 50 million quid, please? It was, yeah. I mean, obviously when, when Pochettino came in and then the way we played, you know, high press, attacking football, I think we took it a little bit by storm. I think... Yeah. Um, they had a really good team, like a great group of lads. Like I said, I love I love Maurizio and, and, and Azus, Miggy and Tony, the really top people, mm. great people. Um and yeah, what they did for my career and what I learned in that time when was it stuck with me forever. Yeah. Um speak about some of the players that got moved there. So go go through it. We've got a nice little list here. From what sorry? From Southampton at that time. So you have got, I got a list. De- Dejan Lovren. Dejan I haven't got a list. Dejan Lovren. Oh, no, let's just talk about them then. Dejan DVD. Lovren, Virgil van Dijk. Ricky Lambert got a move to Liverpool. Yeah. Adam Lallana got a yeah. move. Sadio Mane got Klein. a move. Nathaniel Klein. Nathaniel Klein. Um, Luke Shaw, big move to Manchester United. Yeah. Kyle Walker-Peters. No, that he went to Southampton. Yeah, he did. Cham- yeah. Uh, Chambers to Arsenal. Arsenal. There you go. That's what I mean. That Southampton yeah. team was proper. So I, I want to talk about Mauricio Pochettino then. I mean, somebody who's worked under him. Um, I heard some stories a few years ago that when he was Tottenham manager, he was... So obviously he was at Southampton before Tottenham, but his coaching methods were sort of he expected an awful lot of you we're talking double sessions early part of the week real high intensity expected a lot from you is that what he's like definitely yeah it was um i always remember we finished the season we did really well because we stayed up um he came in halfway through 
and he's like have a good summer everybody but prepare to work when you come back and when you hear that you, your heart sinks <laughs> you're coming in and then we went to a place called Perillard and it was it was intense I think like she spent two two three weeks there and it was intense um they call it like the Spanish gym where you you know you got the Vertimax on and you repeat running then you go to the next station you do that twice and your legs you literally can't walk and then you go outside and train and then the next session the day after is 11 v 11 oh, and it's he always said like oh, we'll do half an hour and you were playing for an hour. Definitely, sometimes you come <laughs> off and you you go you'd like you've like gaffered, and he's like, no, no, look, look the time. <laughs> yeah, all right. And then Azus is like, he's laughing because he knows yeah. that he's carried on. But it created that intensity of like, of, you know, taking the last step, taking a player out, and it got really fast. And I think that's how we played. And we, were, I thought that was a fit. As uh, and if and if players weren't up to it, if players couldn't sort of perform at that level or give him that intensity, would it be a case of I'll work with you, or was it a listen? This might not be the club for you. No, I think it, that's the thing. It, it's always an arm round you, yeah. uh, bring you in, what's happening, everything okay, family okay. Um, and that's the thing I think players fell in love with him because he, he loved you as a person, not just a footballer. He'd take you in, he'd notice things if you were off. I think that pre-season, I remember we went to Austria after that and I think I was, must have had a bad sleep, but it was really hard training. So the next day we're just jogging around the pitch and I was knackered. And I'm just jogging and my feet are like dragging a little bit. But you know you do, you just first thing you do is jogging. Pulls me out of the warm-up. He's like, what's up? I was like, nothing. He's like, why, why are you dragging your feet? So he oh, notices everything. And then, really? so next time I'm jogging like a, you a, know, like a gazelle, yeah. <laughs> so he doesn't um, so pull me, but he, he notices everything. Every every little detail and notice it. But then always check if you're okay. Do you think that appeals to players more than the shouter and the screamer? Somebody who's, uh, the people skills basically. Is that what the sort of, what a manager you want? Hundred percent, yeah. Because I think when he does shout, because he did, he did shout um, and scream and lose his temper, you know it means it means he's justified. Yeah, because he's it, hurt. It's hurt him that yeah. he, he feels that, and he tells you. And he did it that season actually. Like I said, he had a great season apart from the injury. But um, I was playing. I was low in, not low in confidence, but like that lacking the belief. Mm. So I'm playing, working hard. After the game, he comes in. And he's like, you have to believe. Like really goes at me. The next day we come in, get the knock on that window, go in. <laughs> And he's got all everyone there, and he's like, like, look, I'm gonna find you a week's wage if you don't give me everything you've got. I said, I am. I'm working hard. He went, no, no, I believe more. So I'm thinking, obviously, I'm, I'm tight as fuck anyway. It's been <laughs> Northern, so, you yeah. got it. So I was like, obviously, in the next game, then I, I performed really well. And he just tries to unlock these, you know, things, and tries to work it out and, and believe, and gives you gives you belief really. Well, it's that human touch, isn't it? If you know yeah. that somebody is watching you and somebody really cares about you, to just the little little just little things, little remarks here mm. and there, and he would know that that would stick in your brain. He reminds as well, you a little it? bit of. Um, I think you hear stories of when. Jose was at Chelsea the first time yeah, round, and, sure, yeah. and the relationship, the special, the special one. Yeah, Jose. yeah, when yeah, he was yeah, the, yeah. the special one. There was those relationships oh, he had with the players. I've got a question: What was the harder preseason, that or a Tony Pulis Austria? Oh Jesus! I think it was spoiled because we went to um, we did the cup, didn't we? The Asia Cup. Oh, we went so to Hong Kong, didn't we? Yeah, as well, so yeah. It was a bit um, messed up, but. That week at Pulis was disgusting. It was disgusting, wasn't it? Can you remember the the six o'clock uh, hill runs? It would be a one o'clock yeah. football session and then uh, six o'clock at night, like, I don't know what it would be, another football session yeah, or something. Talking like football, isn't it? Talking, um, yeah. It but it was, um, yeah, you'd wake up, that's our room with Alan Neon, and uh, we used to get up at five o'clock, I think, half oh, five wake up call. Yeah. And we'd just both be at the bed and he'd be like, we cannot do this anymore. <laughs> and it's like second day. And, and I was like, I was fully on board. It was like, I was our new to it, so I was fully on board with like, yeah, we can't do this anymore. But you would be there at start, cup of coffee, and then... That first day, I remember thinking, what the hell have I done? <laughs> but after the week, though, you felt great. Everyone was, like, integrated. Yeah. It was, had a real purpose. I'd say, I'd probably say overall Pochettino's pre-season, but that week will stick with me forever. So in that that famous, so we had Tony on a few months ago, didn't yeah. we? And um, we were talking about, uh, you did the riding on the mountain bikes. Not as much running, did you? Yeah, so the um, outfield players would do the running. Yeah. The, the older or bigger players, me and Boaz, maybe yeah. Jonas Olsen, we would get the bikes and we would do it on the bikes instead of the running. So who was in your like running group for up these hills? So for some reason, Pulis put me in the, I think it must have been the top group because I was in with McLean. You're a fit lad though, in fairness. Yeah, but I, I don't know, he should have thrown me in the middle just to get me involved, you know, but he, he stuck me with Dawson. Obviously Dawson here is getting beat, doesn't he? Dawson's a machine, in fairness. Yeah. Um, so we set off and it's like, I think it's like 16 runs, but this hill's massive. 
And then McLean sets off like I've never seen anything like it. And I'm like thinking, yeah, good lad. He's gonna be. He's gonna. He's gonna knock off like after. This three is James McLean. This yeah, is James, James McLean, by the way. Yeah. And um, 16th one, I think he's got quicker and it doesn't phase him. I'm <laughs> after the 16th one. I'm. I got on the back. We have to cycle back, and I'm. My eyes are closed. My ears won't pop. I'm like in a pickle. I'm slavering. I'm honestly, I'm a mess. And I remember Mozza going, "Jay, you're right, mate." I was like. No, I'm really struggling here. And he's like, you've got a week of this, lad, just get on with it. And I'm thinking, what are we doing? But like I said, after the week, I felt great. You feel great, don't you? And what, James McLean's just chilling. Oh, mate, he, he is a joke. On, you, uh, it's hard to explain. It's hard to explain. I can't just wait how, to get him on. Just how Honestly. fit, just how strong and mentally... Oh, he's he's an animal. He, is, he, uh, he, he floats up. He, he doesn't. His heel doesn't touch the floor when he runs. It's just his tiptoes. Yeah, he just right. floats up. He loves Honestly, it as well. Phenomenal. Loves it. Loves it. Yeah, yeah. Loves it. I remember Pulis. Like I think it was like towards the end of the week. He was like, "Get past Dawson," and I was like, "I've been trying all fucking week. I can't get past him." <laughs> I mean, if I did get past Dawson, he'd probably tackle me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that actually. I remember the time when um, you had a little bit of a naughty ankle injury and you were out for like a few weeks, month or whatever, right? And uh, I, this is, you know what I'm about to say here as well, right? This is Craig Dawson in a nutshell, by the way. So Jay Rodriguez been out for I don't know two two months, say, with an ankle injury. It's a bad ankle injury. First day back at training, first day back with the team, contact playing six sides or whatever. No, Big, it, it was it wasn't me. He was he was out with a bad in, ankle. I was I wasn't I've been playing. Is this the opposite? Yes, I've been telling his, this story wrong no, all his, along. It was his first session back in training. So like everyone's taking it easy on him. Uh, no, the, the one where you gone nah doors. Yeah, the other, <laughs> I wasn't injured. He nearly <laughs> you tell us Come on then. Yeah. <laughs> I've got this confused. <laughs> Craig up here, haven't I've you? got this completely wrong. No, it's still it's still bad for me. Right? So go on, you tell you tell me how it happened then. So he came back from injury. Yeah, everyone's taking it easy on the, the small games. You know, someone coming back from injury, you let him let it. You give it benefit of doubt, make sure they get into it and stuff. And I think the ball's bouncing. Small set. Um, you know when you know no one's near you and you fully volley a ball. It's bouncing in it. You remember it? <laughs> and he comes from a like a hero challenge from nowhere and nearly breaks my foot. Then. <laughs> Yeah, for exactly. no reason. From no, like it's it's a nothing thing. It's just for just relax, Quaig. Yeah, just relax. It's not that important, right? So he's fuming, but because he like Jay is the honestly. When I say he's one of the good guys, he is one of the good guys. So Dorse out of nowhere, just blindsided him, smashed him, taking him out. He's he's fuming, like, but he won't swear. He won't get up and rant and rave. He just gets up in his broad northern accent and goes, "Nah, Dorse, you're the fucking dickhead man." <laughs> Is that but, how it sounds? Yeah. He said it. <laughs> he said it so loud because everybody just saw this tackle coming and gone <gasps> as if to say, like, what are you doing? And it's gone like complete silence. Nah, doors, <laughs> And we are pissing in ourselves. Every one of us just starts chuckling, shoulders going up and down. But that's imminent. Like I say, you need players like that, the ones that aren't going to go cause a fuss or anything like that. Doors knew what. That's Doors all over. He's a dickhead, isn't he? Yeah, he's a he's, he does it all the time. He does it in the games. We yeah. play against him now. And he gives that's you his favourite thing. Yeah, he gives you an elbow and, and then you're like, Doors, come on. He just starts laughing. <laughs> <laughs> but you do it to him and he's not bothered that's the worst he's thing about made, it the thing is though his elbows I'm sure are made of like they're, they're hard, it's harder bone they are he's got harder bone than everybody else hasn't yeah, he it's, he's, it's, he's, he's oh, horrible man this this just picture of Craig Dawson it just is building and building and building no but you know what if we had him on the podcast he'd be really quiet wouldn't he he'd yeah. be really nice and he'd be like no that's not what I'm like no that's what I'm like because he's a lovely again he's a, he's really he's a, good, he's yeah. a lovely man isn't nice he he's guy, a really yeah. lovely man but once he steps over that white line he's yeah, yeah. Even just for training, just for training. Yeah. We Dickhead. talked. Um, we talked about um, the superstars with England, um, and we just skipped on a little bit. Just want to roll back to Burnley a second and just talk about the ownership. So obviously they've been in the press um, in the last year a lot because there's been a couple of kind of big investors, JJ Watt and his wife Kelia, I think it is, uh, former NFL superstar, and um, she was in the women's national team. And Do Perfect, who are YouTube. Like, how, how much royalty. YouTube do you watch? Uh, not so much like it's like a conspiracy or something. Uh, what do you mean? Just uh, again, um, another player, Hal Robson, can he, he gets you into the, the conspiracies? <laughs> you just end up going down a wormhole, don't you? For uh, conspiracies, but I'm not getting into that. I'm so not gonna you become... won't watch YouTube because you feel like you're gonna get like. Like, like, what's the word? Brainwashed? Yeah, so, no, yeah, sucked so, in so and you, just spend so, hours on it, don't you? Yeah, you won't watch YouTube because you feel like you're going to get fed 
Addicted, like yeah, conspiracy addicted, stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like once, about once what? You, once you start searching stuff, and then you go into the next thing, and then you, you probably, yeah, and then you end up yeah. coming to a point where you won't actually want to breathe in oxygen because it's, it's bad for you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You get to that level, don't you? So you're going to be careful, aren't you? We need to get Hal on as oh, well. Right? Yeah. Hal, on. Hal has got some of the weirdest conspiracy stories you've ever. What's the one you used to tell about the Egyptians and like the pyramids and stuff like that, and like aliens and yeah, stuff like yeah. that? Oh, like that. I. I've been watching a bit of this. No, see, that's what I'm saying. He, he, he genuinely believes this. He was telling the lads. You remember, we were sitting at dinner table and he was he had us gathered round hey. while he's explaining this about giants or something like that. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. And and then because he's because he's an in, uh, intelligent guy, you can't you start believing him. You're like, yeah, I think I think there was giants throwing these rocks up here. And, you're like, and then after you go, what man? Never... Mate, honestly, I was watching some stuff on it, and it's like the the Great Pyramids and and like to the absolute degree that they're a true north and and all these things. And after a while, you start watching it and you're going, what, 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 other, what other explanation <laughs> is there? How can explain it? Because apparently they had giants back then that were super, super men or super giants and they would just pick them up and place them. Like any you're, doing him, you're doing him bad here. This is this gone is, sour. This is <laughs> well, I think we were on JJ Watt. JJ Watt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, JJ I mentioned that because Dude Perfect and obviously Dude Perfect are yeah, YouTubers. Yeah, and yeah. And it's pro- probably a bit harsh to call them YouTubers, to be fair, because oh, they are genuine content creators. Like, Outrageous! The, some of the stuff they do—they are a proper brand, aren't they? Yeah, massive. Uh, JJ Watt. Then, so he's—he's he's actually really invested in this club, isn't he? He turns up quite a lot. He's there to watch the games. Yeah, he is. Um, obviously, he's a legend in what he's done, and obviously, to have someone with his knowledge to come into the club is—is is, is really important. Um, but yeah, he's really invested. I think he's—he's he's had. A, he's, he loves the Benny and Art. He goes to the pubs under the culvert. He uh, loves the what, sorry? Benny and Art, it's a drink that everyone has in Burnley. What's that? It's just like a liqueur drink, you have it with hot water. It's lovely, isn't it? Yeah? K- yeah what cure, kind of liqueur? Cures, cures anything. It's like a druid, I think it's like a druid's um, drink. Oh, I have to get you. <laughs> I, sh- I should have brought it, actually. <laughs> we nearly bought you some Eccles cakes, actually, didn't we? Yeah. Eccles cake. That, that's, no, isn't, that, isn't that Burnley? It. No, I don't. Benedict, I'll I'll get you on. It's it's not. It's it's a lovely drink. What 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 is Druid's drink of what? It's just like an alcoholic drink, um, like a liqueur, and you 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 know like have a shot or two with hot water, and you just have it. And what's it called? Benedictine. But you oh, call it, Benedictine. Yeah, sorry, yeah. You yeah, call yeah. it Benny Nut. Yeah. Benny Not. Benny and Hot. Sorry. Benny and Hot. Sorry, I speak. Did you say Benny and Hot then? You did not. You said Benny Not. That's what I thought. I thought it was Benny and Hot. And I was like, what's that mean? I'm probably the worst guy to have on a podcast because you have to subtitle it on. (laughs) We had Lucas Fabianski on last week, who's Polish, and he speaks much better English than you. JJ what? Yeah, we'll go back to it. Yeah, so obviously, yeah, to have him in. And like you say, he can give his his experiences and his knowledge of, of being successful. And like I said, to have that character, and he'll broaden it out to America and expand the the club. And like I say, he's really invested. You see him at the pit um, in the crowd when we you know we, we're doing well, and he's, he's he's there for for the team. And it's like I say, it's great to have him. And um, yeah, do you ever ever see around the changing room, train training grounds? Do you ever kind of come and work out with yeah, you boys? Or? I've seen him work out and. Like you say, the size of him is he's huge, and he's an absolute machine. And I, I don't think we had enough plates for him to lift. On Gen- the be- what yeah. on the bench pit? On yeah, the- I think I think he was like I think he probably could have put more on. Um, he's yeah, he's a machine. You should put a winger on either side. I was yeah, going to say sit on he, it or something. You could easily do that. Yeah, he's um, no, he's, he's impressive, definitely. Animal, love it. Right, we I want to talk about some of your teammates, um, and you're going to tell me about your teammates, right? It doesn't have to be the current Burnley squad. It could be from Southampton. It could be from West Brom. Um, but a few questions: Who is the biggest joker you played with? Biggest joker, I think. I'd probably say, um, probably say Alan Neom. Yeah, or Barnsley. It's too different because obviously Alan Neam just made me laugh constantly. <laughs> you obviously you would roommate with him, wouldn't you? Yeah. Were I'll, you I'll there? Were you there at West Brom with the Alan Pardew story? Yes. You were, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, of course you were. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've told this story. I have told this story in the past, by the way. So I'm not sort of like breaking confidentiality. Yeah. So when Alan Pardew was the manager, um, this was after the kind of famous Barcelona taxi gate story, um, and we were in a meeting, weren't we? And Alan Pardew was talking and 
Alan Neon just sort of went off on one, didn't he? Yeah, I think he didn't end the team or something. Or so, something, so it something. kicked off with the Barcelona yeah. the week before, and he had picked one of the lads that had been sort of done the taxi thing or whatever in the starting lineup. And Alan Neon thought that he was going to be starting, didn't he? Yeah. But he wasn't starting, he was on the bench. And this lad who had just been like, in trouble the week before was starting the game. So Alan was not happy one little bit, was he? No, obviously I sat next to him in the meeting and he was just obviously a water bottle. He's crunching, obviously it's really quiet and he's just crunching it, crunching it. But everyone's aware. Yeah, I'm thinking, is he all right? And then he's like, it's crunching, you can see, but he's like this. And then he just stands up and he, what does he say? He's like, you're a shit manager or something. And everyone's like... <laughs> Everyone just sinks in and it's just like, what is happening here? And, and then the meeting done and then that, it was just carnage, wasn't it? I've never seen anything like that. I have never seen a player do that in front of the whole squad yeah. to a manager. It was yeah, everybody. And was what were the, was there like repercussions? What was... I don't think he played that next game. I'll tell no, you yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think he did, yeah. <laughs> he definitely didn't play that next game. I know that for sure. But, um, but I, no, I don't, I don't think he'd have played many more games for Alan Pardew, would he? I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know, actually. Remember the time, another story fell on here. I'm going to say it because it's funny. We played um, Liverpool away and it was it was cold night and he was the coldest man ever, wasn't he? Yeah. The kettle, he, he was, was the wrapped kettle. up all the time. Yeah. He'd have a, a, what they call a hot water bottle and all sorts. Of yeah. And uh, we'd, he's a throwing and he's throwing the ball and it keeps the ball keeps slipping. And uh, Pardew's like, I think it was Pardew, he was like, Alan, take your gloves off. He's, he takes his gloves off he's got another pair of gloves underneath and carries on playing <laughs> and I was just like Alan man he's, too, he's, he's such a great guy but yeah I'd say him because he made me laugh the most but then I'd say Barnes is the, the joker Ashley Barnes Ashley Barnes yeah Ashley Barnes yeah he, he's ruthless what would he do would he, is he the sort of one who's putting like um, DP in your pants or maybe that yeah like that? that stuff but he just he just just a joker never serious but he's a great lad a, a great person like to have in the change room you need those guys he'd iron you? you to death like he's, yeah but, he's a, but in a good way as well you know what I mean he's, he's a good guy yeah you need those guys um, strongest in the gym strongest player you've played with strongest uh, Victor Wanyama Oh yeah, little beast! Ooh, Do you yum. remember the famous spaghetti text as well? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so good. I had spaghetti. <laughs> I had spaghetti last night. It was. I nice. don't think he understood. That he didn't understand how it worked. Yeah, he didn't understand Twitter. He was just like, uh, I don't think he's seen the problem with it. <laughs> he's just letting people know. Jake, we did a podcast on um, when social media goes wrong for players. Yeah. I don't think I've ever laughed so much on a podcast in my life. Wasn't it? And we've got them all, all the old Wayne Rooney ones. You know, oh, pick yeah. you up in the morning, Rio, yeah. and all this lot. But since we did that podcast, there's been a few. Few, few howlers since. A few, few slip-ups So maybe since, yeah. we need to do a... Uh... Yeah, there was that Victor and Ichibi one where... Well, you were with Vic as well, wouldn't no, you? No, you no. know at West Brom with Vic. No. He was the one where he obviously had a firm doing it for him and they sent him a message saying, hi Vic, is something like this. No, he sent the firm and saying, hi, something like this. And the firm have just copy and pasted it and it says, hi, something like this. And then it says... Unfortunate loss today, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll bounce back. We're going again next <laughs> week. <laughs> uh, what about um, like first into training? Who's the who's the guy that you come in and you know he's going to be in the cafeteria or whatever? Uh, James Warprowse. Yeah, yeah, really professional. Another great guy. Like I said, I've been very lucky to play with these players, and he's younger than me, but you learn so much from him. He's first in, last out, and. Yeah, probably the most professional. No, there's no, he's no, got, yeah, there's no surprise he, he's that he's still start ripping it a bit more. He's start, he's got to start getting a bit more England recognition. No, he won't. It's too sure. late, mate. It is too late. That ship has sailed. Yeah. Like I say, I guarantee you, when the international break comes along and he gets a chance to go on holiday, you will take it with both hands and you will see him sunning himself in Dubai, and he deserves it as well because he's a yeah. proper player, professional as well. Um, uh, quickest player you've played with, hundred meter race, who would win it? Uh, Sadio Mane. Oh, really? Ooh, that's a good one. Shane Long. Longy, mate. Longy. At first, like 30, 40, 50 metres. Absolutely. Oh, he is a machine, isn't he? He is he, a machine. He was, yeah, I'd love to play with him because he was he just, he just such a good player. Mate, he would and, flick his own headers on. Yeah. He would flick his own <laughs> headers on and run round <laughs> them. And you know, Honestly. The most annoying thing about him is like, he wasn't like a gym guy. Like, no. You, made, you know, you see lads, I, I have to go in the gym to have to keep myself fit and keep myself, trying to keep myself up to speed and it's, He's just, he's just natural, yeah. But he's such a good guy. He wasn't. I always think I remember about him as a player is that he wasn't. Am I right in saying he wasn't particularly tall? No, but he could no. really jump. Oh, couldn't that he? jump, mate. Yeah, that jump was frightening, wasn't it? Yeah, he'd be so high and, and powerful. Great, great lad, great player. Yeah, he was <laughs> underrated. I'd give that to yeah. you. I'm guessing the who you'd back in a marathon is going to be James McLean. <laughs> <laughs> There's no one close. Honestly, no one close. I've never seen anything like it. The guy is is unbelievable. 
Right, I want to talk about um, what is next for, for Jay Rodriguez. How long further you want to play? 34 years old now. Uh, what is What does life after football look like for you? But first, any injuries? I want to talk about any any injuries you might have had in your career. Um, and just what it does to you, is not only as a footballer, as a person, does it do you, Eden? Obviously, I had the ACL, which was at the time was a killer. What, what year was this? 2013. 13, 14 season. So Southampton? Be, yeah, Southampton, yeah. yeah. Um yeah, versus that, City when you did the ACL yeah April time yeah I jumped up and tried to bring a ball down probably shouldn't have done it but what did your leg just buckle knee buckled I've jumped up really hard turn tried to push off my oh. knee slipped and you know you go in that position <laughs> and then you know you've done something serious but um, yeah that that was obviously that, that they're big injuries aren't they you, you, yeah the, um, but obviously you get your head round it I, I explained to you earlier that I think it was like six months in felt really strong I was obsessed in coming back quicker and stronger uh, there was just something not right with me. Not not isn't not right. Just a little bit of tightness. So the surgeon wanted to have a look at it. So he went inside. Would it would it swell? Would it swell at all? A little bit of swelling, yeah. yeah. So it was like let's let's see what's happening. It's going to knock you back at uh, say a month. That's nothing in terms of the long yeah. long term thing. Had a little uh, small surgery, come back, and then that night it just it was said it was throbbing. The pain was getting worse and worse to a point where I was like this pain I cannot. I cannot keep... And that keep. was the day of the surgery, so literally you had, had it in the morning and then... Yeah, I think it was the night, night yeah, because I got home, I remember I was in bed, I was just like, this pain is excruciating, and I ended up being going straight to, I think it was Nuffield it was, in the hospital, and then it was like three weeks of uh, trying to get rid of this infection. So. Oh, you had an infection in it from yeah. the operation? Yeah, oh. I think, well, I still don't know if it was from the infection, but it was after that, so you, yeah. you never know what um, where it's come from, but you kind of think it is that, but... That's the look of the draw sometimes, but yeah, it was it was a case of it got to a point where I, I was I was poorly, I was ill. Um, you know, my wife was she did all sorts in terms of like keeping me upbeat, and the doctors there were great. Like I've always got massive respect for them people, yeah. especially Southampton as a club. You know, they, they helped me through the toughest times, um, and yeah, it wiped me out. Like I said, I, I was quite big, strong, and looked after myself, and literally I came to nothing. I literally. There were nothing to me, um, and then they were like, my missus told me afterwards once they got rid of the infection, they found the the bug it was the bacteria. Then I was like, kind of like, am I okay? They're like, yeah, your knees. Luckily, it's fine. It's not been affected. Now it's just getting yourself healthy, and, and you then you rebuild yourself. So it's basically doing your knee again if you yeah. such another you know, time frame. So it's, I spent probably that in a year. I think I'm having a year and three months out in total. Wow, fifteen months. Yeah, so it was a long stint, but I think when you always have that you've got a career to play after it, then you kind of look, it gives you different perspectives on life and stuff. And like I said, like my wife said to me at one point, they were saying like, with this infection, we can't let it spread to, you know, your organs and everything. It's, it can make you really poorly. So they were, are we going to chop the leg off? That type sure. of thing. It was like... That was a genuine part of the conversation. Yeah, my wife said, and it was like the doctors were talking. I don't think how close it was to doing that, but they were That's talking about things. Yeah, yeah. We can't get on top of this, this bacteria, whatever it is. And then one guy found which bacteria it was and... I was fine. And literally. you had the antibiotics and to, to get rid. Yeah, but then obviously the aftermath, I was just so skinny. So, so I what did, sit yeah. down, it was like... What does that do for you then? Because I think people see players that get injured and think, oh, like, he's just, you know, he can have a nice chill now. It's like, But it's not like that, is it? They forget about the person. They forget about the human being and what this does, what toll this takes on you. It it ruins your life, basically, doesn't it? Yeah, literally, because all you think about is your knee and you think about getting back and fit and stuff. So obviously it affects everyone around yeah. you. Like I said, my wife's unbelievable obviously we were two down south and i've got a great family and friends support so i always feel lucky in that sense anyway but when that hit it really hurt me for a bit um but then once you realize that you, you've got an, an end you know end goal mm. you just crack on then i've always cracked on i think i always think there's worse things you know yeah. it's always, always a worse situation yeah true that so for me i'm like look i'm very lucky now so when people say oh you know you, that time and the knee injuries you bet you're gutted and that. I'm like, no, actually, like, I'm probably the luckiest person because yeah. I've still had a great career and still still playing now. So I look at it that way. That's the beauty of it. you got to learn from these kind of things. Yeah. The setbacks. Yeah. If you learn from yeah. the setbacks, makes you stronger, mate. Yeah. Um, how long have you been in hospital for, by the way? I think it was like two or three weeks. Wow. It's a yeah. long time to be in hospital. Yeah. Wow. I was off my head most of it, so... All right, yeah. Yeah, not too bad. <laughs> morphine, <laughs> no, morphine. Yeah. yeah, unbelievable. But oh, yeah, it was, it was a, long, a long stint and... Like I say, thankfully, touch with everything's fine and um, nothing were affected to my knee, so it was kind of like, crack on, get yourself. And yeah. what's it like now? Good as gold? Yeah, good, yeah. You just have to do, I was talking to you, I think it's just your age that you have to do, you know, when you're 20, you just turn up for training, train, then you do whatever you want. But now yeah. you're like, you're stretching yoga, uh, ice baths, 
constantly doing something it's wise and misses up but um, it's what you gotta do you gotta mate it's called prehab you have to do it you have to get ready you have to warm up you have to warm down you have to eat right you have to look at the foods that you're eating Um, I remember getting towards the end of my career and having to take loads more tablets like collagen tablets and all these kind of like glucosamine tablets is that something that you did off your own back or no the club push it you get to a certain Mm. age so every every season you you turn up for pre-season training and they do your bloods so they'll do full scans, full checks of everything, your blood, they'll check your markers, your levels, um, and they'll check your deficiencies of all the vitamins and minerals, all that kind of stuff. And they're like, right, you're a bit low in this, so you need to take more of that. And at your age as well, you should start taking this. And that's it. In the morning, you turn up, you've got a pot of 10, 12 pills, all, really? sorts, all sorts of bits and bobs. Yeah. Wow, okay. I mean, obviously, you don't have to take them, but you'd be a fool not to, that's really. That's good. And, and Jay, you're uh, 34, still going strong. Um Obviously, it's got to be in your mind now about what what's next. Have you kind of given that much thought? Uh, you obviously think about it. I think um, you never say never, but I, I, I don't see myself coaching. I don't think I, for one for only reason I don't think I'd be very good at it. Um, but yeah, I think why why not? I just don't know. I just find it really hard to put your message across. Yeah. You know, and I want to give. I'd want to give the players everything. I know it takes. You know, the work that I see it takes a lot out of yeah. people to to do that and. I think when you've been in football for so long, you kind of maybe try and do something different. But I'm not. I'm not too sure yet. I think obviously, I think I've got a lot to give back to football. But in in what sense, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think I've got another two years, I'd say, playing. Yep. Um, so yeah, I really want to give everything to that, and then and see, see what's what. See what's what. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't think. Okay. I don't think podcasting would be great for me. Like I said, we just pure subtitle. Subtitle <laughs> like that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Benny yeah. or not? But you're likable though, at Benny. Uh, Benny. Should we do a bit of um <laughs> so you've played with some some fantastic players. If you could just give us a few words on some of the players that uh, you've played with. Um Sadio Mane. Fantastic. Um unbelievable. As a as a again, a great guy, a great person to to know and, and be been able lucky enough to be able to meet and become a friend and, and play with. Um but yeah, the things he did on, on the pitch and, and still does yeah. is is frightening, is is ruthless and yeah, I said that on my first session back from the knee injury, and I played against him, and I came back in going, "I'm miles off it." And then the, the physios were like, "You were against Sadio, like most players are, <laughs> yeah. are miles off it against him." So yeah, great person, sharp. Oh, it's sharp amazing to see what he's yeah. done. Um, I think in his in his um, where he's from, he's um, got a foundation, and the yeah, amount of money he puts back yeah. into his yeah. home economy is is yeah, really well done for you, Dusan Tadic. Another great person, a really strong character, intense. Yeah, intense. Is he? he had the strongest core ever. <laughs> Honestly, strongest mate. core. He was the most ripped I've ever seen, and, and he just <laughs> he probably do so many sit ups. He was he was um, really good for the team, like really willing to win, works hard, tactically switched on. Like a great person to again learn from and, and be lucky to play with. Um, but yeah, strongest core. Uh, I got one, Fraser Forster. <laughs> what a geezer! <laughs> He's class. I love Fraser. Why do you two? Why, what, right. I love Fraser. Right. So yeah. why there isn't that reaction for the others where you both just laugh? Like, well, what's going on here? He's just a funny guy, isn't he? He's lovely, aren't yeah. he? He's a lovely guy. Like, great top keeper. Yeah, top keeper. Massive, scary guy, yeah. isn't he? Um, but like the soft, softest giant, isn't it? Yeah, he's a big giant. He's a BFG. He genuinely yeah. is a we, BFG. We, play, we played against Tottenham at home, and I was like, "Can I get your shirt after?" And he's like, yeah, yeah, no worries. And then after the game, I'm ringing him like, where are you? And he, he don't he even answer. And so I'm like, she just piled me off completely. And then I go I go to the players' line and speak to Simone, my wife, and she's like, oh, I had a long conversation with Fraser. He was like, lovely and that. Just And then I, I seen him the next game, and he was like, yeah, I'd rather speak to your missus than you. And I was like, yeah. No. So he's just a, he's a class guy. I love him to bits. He is. That's, that's what that reaction is for. Because he is so, like, he's just a real nice guy. Like, yeah. just proper. He's one of the good guys. Like, he, he's coming yeah. on the podcast, by the way. He's, he said it? he's coming on. Oh, uh, okay. But actually getting him to commit to a day is, is yeah, quite hard, to be fair. All the best, yeah. Jay, uh, just got some quick fires, but you have been incredible today. Thank yeah, you, sir. Thank I told you, you he was a good guy, didn't you I? You did. I told you. I told you that. I told you he is one of the good ones. Uh, top guy, Jay Rodriguez. Right. Quick fire questions, then we're going home. Bucket list sporting event as a fan. What What would you like to go and watch? I think the Masters. I think everyone says it. I think. Correct. I think the Masters, yeah. I'd, I'd, love, to, I'd love to see it, yeah. <laughs> Correct. Move on. Correct. Um, <laughs> uh, who's your idol growing up? Sporting idol. Sporting idol. Or um, uh, I'd say Arnan in terms yeah, of yeah. original Ronaldo yeah just even watch now he still watches clips now and you, you're still mesmerised yeah. so when Ben said earlier on about 
obviously longevity and what else, but at the peak of their powers, oh, yeah. I think he's the greatest ever. Yeah. At the absolute peak. It's a great shout. Yeah. He was he changed um he changed oh, that pace, like, power, 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 didn't he? His feet and oh. how he scored the goals as well. Was... Dribbling, finishing, footwork. He had everything there. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. He was yeah, that's a good shout that. Uh, you got any secret talents? Jay Rodriguez, good at something that people might not know. No, I was, I was thinking about this. I'm actually crap at everything. I'm pretty boring. <laughs> Honestly, I'm crap. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not great. Like Golf, I'm crap. I play it, but I'm, I'm crap. Uh, yeah, nothing. I'm boring. Man. I'd say you're all right, mate. You're not. You're a good guy you are. That's that's the main thing, all right? <laughs> oh, crap. I know, yeah. Uh, phobias. Any phobias? Anything you're... Uh, spiders and hearts, yeah. Hearts. Yes. Heights. Yeah. Hearts. Hearts. Put this up there, And planes, um, actually, yeah. Flying. <laughs> Flying, really? I hate it, mate, yeah. We had one recently. It was like, obviously, there's so many storms this year, aren't we? And when you're coming to land, then you have to shoot back up. Oh, did you was, have one of them? I was in a pickle, yeah. Was that for a football game? Yeah, it was after... I was after... Maybe after Brighton, maybe, I think. Oh, oh I, was, I was in a That's pickle. That's recent, then? Yeah, I was oh. I was literally like, what are we doing? I was shouting, why are we doing this? Why don't we just drive? Yeah, let's get on a coat yeah. and know that we're stuck to the ground. Yeah. yeah? It's yeah. safe on Burnley a to Brighton. Burnley to Brighton's a good schlep. Mate, there's players I know that would happily, if you gave them the choice, would choose to go on the coach. Yeah. I would say it's probably 50-50, yeah? Yeah, definitely. When it, when it comes yeah. to flying, seriously, so many footballers are scared of flying, you would not believe. So what's the longest coach journey you'd do now? Probably not, not far, no. A couple hours max, yeah, maybe. Yeah, a couple hours max. Yeah, a couple hours yeah. max, yeah. And what do you do on the coach? What's your kind of... We play um, we play Pachise. Uh It's like the four games. That... We play it at West Brom as well. It's a bit like Ludo. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. A little bit like Ludo. Yeah, yeah, a bit similar to that. We play that or we just chat and... Watch a bit of telly and stuff and that, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it. it. You'll, you'll have a couple hours max, otherwise it's flying. Obviously, this we're talking Premier League, the, the lower down you go, saying that, Wrexham, we flew to we flew to a fair few, didn't we? Did you? Yeah. <laughs> In the National League. Okay, and finally then, um, out of the current Burnley team, which player would you not want on your quiz team? Would you not want? Oh, I'm glad you asked because I said I'd mention him. Charlie Taylor. <laughs> Get in, I love it. He's, he's, yeah, he's not, special. He's, he's special. He's not the brightest. Yeah. <laughs> he's a great lad. He's a great lad. He's the tightest man as well. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. Northerner as well, then. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so oh. Charlie Taylor, um, the person you wouldn't want on your team. Sorry, Charlie, <laughs> mate. I didn't say it was Jay. Um, <laughs> well, the thing then... is, he's good at uh, geography. Oh, very, is he? Very good at geography, yeah. Oh, so there's a geography quiz. Yeah, we're, we're anything, like... anything else? No, I'll probably, I'll probably just say him just to get him, just to hammer him a little. Just bit. to annoy yeah. him, yeah. And then um, who would who would you want on your team? Who's the who's the cleverest? You could do this your whole career. The one player yeah. you thought, oh, I'd probably say Jack Cork. Yeah. yeah, always got an arrow word in his hand. Always doing the quizzes. Nice. Loves it. Yeah, he's a great lad. Love Corky. Love, love that, mate. Uh, Jay Rodriguez, that was fantastic. Thank you Thank so you much so for giving up you your time much. today. I know it's your day off, but still, we really appreciate it, mate. And uh, whatever the future holds for you, you'll absolutely smash it because you're a top bloke. And uh, up the Foscast. Up, up the, the Foscast. Thank Cheers, you very mate. much. Cheers. Thank Brilliant. You. Thank appreciate you it. No, Thank Cheers. you. Cheers. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We hope you enjoyed the latest episode of the Foscast. Don't forget to give us a follow on Spotify. Up the Foscast.